Mobile Rolling, presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound, making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices, online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Akuta's about to be stoked up. Here he comes now. Back straight quarter and 27.5. Further back, Mr. Abiza. Top of the lane, it's Beach Ball. Akuta's coming now. Beach Ball for home a length. Akuta's going through his gears straight. Strongly Bollinger, Mr. Abiza. Beach ball, Akuta comes strongly. Bollinger on the passing lane. Akuta gets to Beach ball, who bravely fights on. Bollinger passing lane. Akuta's in front. Beach ball, Bollinger tries to blow them out. Akuta. Akuta will get the win. The equine pacing machine will get yeah, the win. Yeah, he was always going to win the race, but it wasn't a big margin. Chris Barsby's going to assess. That was the great Northern Derby at Auckland on Friday night. Good morning, Chris. Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Uh, he did what was expected, dominate that race. Uh, he dominated in a way where he didn't win by a big margin, but uh, he was always in control. It was a sprint home, 55 seconds, the last half, last quarter in 27.5, and he was able to get over the top of his very game-stable mate, Bollinger, who's been a rapid improver over the past couple of months, and Beachboard running a good race for third after leading up. And then there was a margin back to Major Perry, the horse that was the runner-up behind Leap to Fame in the New South Wales Derby. So what does this tell us? What do we know out of this race going forward? Akuta, there is no chance he comes to Queensland. And I'm led to believe Queensland was never part of the program for Akuta. However, the stablemate Bollinger is most likely to be their key runner for the Queensland Derby. And maybe maybe even a possibility for a race like the Rising Sun. So that's the update from the Derby. As far as the Oaks is concerned, it was Mark Purden again, true fantasy. She was able to score. Again, it wasn't a big winning margin, but she overcame some issues in lead up to that race and she was able to score another Group 1 feature. And like Akuta, her stablemate, Steve, she's another one going to the paddock now. They're going to have a, an ease up and then they're going to get set for the features at the back end of the year. So... Ultimately, no Queensland for a Cooter or True Fantasy, but it looks likely that Bollinger is going to be making the trip. So we're probably just lacking that star power at the moment for the carnival, but you never know. There's still plenty mm. of time between now and July, and uh, something might put their hand up between now and then. Yeah. Chris, I was on the sick list last week, but I was watching these races from bed on Friday night at uh, Bathurst, and Bernie Hewitt's produced um, two Group 1 winners there with Rip and also dual melody as well at the big night and he's with us now chris yeah bernie joins us now huge night for bernie and his wife kath and it was also a huge night for their owners as well wayne and julie loader because they scored two group one features the bathurst gold tiara with dual melody and they're able to take out the colts and gildings three-year-old feature the gold chalice with a rip i wanted to talk more about both horses with bernie joins us now bernie good morning congratulations morning chris thank you very much can you hear me? I can indeed. What a night I just said. Yeah, no, it, <laughs> it was a terrific night um, for the stable and uh, for the owners, yeah, getting both those uh, Group 1 races, yeah. So we go back to 2018. You won your first crown with College Chapel. So there on Friday night, you add the tiara and you also add the chalice. So to complete this jewellery set, all you need to win now is the three-year-old fillies feature, the gold bracelet, and you're done. Uh, we actually won that uh, four or five years ago with Reed about Lexi. So, um, uh, completed You've got the, set. the other night. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't a Group One race back then, though, Chris. That was the. Uh, it's only become Group One, I think, this year. The um, the uh, bracelet and the chalice. So, um, 
but yeah, all, all trophies have been uh, collected. All right, great to hear. Let's talk about Jewel Melody. Uh, she was the most impressive of the heat winners as far as time was concerned, uh, but she came up with a poor barrier draw going into that final, the outside of the second row. All the rage was about Treasure Stride, who was also a heat winner. What were you thinking going into that final? Was the barrier draw the obvious concern, or did you think that you could overcome that draw with that filly? Um, to be honest, when the draws come out, um, I wasn't too worried about it. Um, obviously, it's not ideal, but I'd probably rather have been, you know, three on the outside of the back row than wide on the front row. Um, so wasn't too worried. It was just a matter of trying to get a trouble-free run and, you know, and the filly still were holding her form together because uh, she, she felt awesome in the heat. And, um, yeah, I was just sort of hoping that she could put another good run together and I thought she wouldn't be too far away. At the half, what was the uh, the confidence levels like? Did you think you were close enough, if good enough? Did you think you were in the right spot? Um, well, actually, at the 1,200, uh, entering the home straight the first time, there was a scrimmage on the inside and we only narrowly avoided uh, locking wheels with one of the runners that was shot sideways and um, and that sort of made my mind up to keep going. Then once I had to swerve wide to miss that, I... Um, I decided to keep rolling because I had to move, make a move at some stage of the race and um, it was just a bit further out than what I would have liked. So at the half mile, I was well and surely up there running and um, she felt very strong and was pacing well. Um, and it was a matter of... I actually put a bit of pressure on the leader and favourite to just test it a little. And, um, yeah, she, she felt awesome at that stage at the half mile and she went on with it from there. Okay. What about in the home straight? You had Eve Crocker coming out of the pack and she loomed big danger. It was a good struggle all the way up the home straight. But were you confident that your filly would keep giving? I felt she'd keep giving, but to be honest, she was uh, she was nearly all out on, on straightening. She um, the, the early toll had, uh, you know, was starting to tell of having to go so early and been wide for so long. Um, but to her credit, she battled on really well. Um, I that was my biggest worry was the fresh horse coming out of the pack and um you know it come and it comes strong but um she managed to hold it off chris okay she's a beautifully bred filly she's by captain treacherous out of the art major mare our sweet melody so she ranks as a, a, a half sister to he sweet who's also a group one winner was she a purchase from the brisbane apg sale yeah she was chris yeah she came from uh the brisbane apg yeah yep so she's q bred Ah, uh, she is Q bred, yes, yep. Do but we get to see uh, her in Brisbane later this year? Yeah, she's going to contest the um, the APG in Sydney um, in a couple of weeks, and then but she'll go up for the triad and uh, the sales race up there at, uh, back in July, August, I think it is. So that's the plan at this stage. Okay, has she been a natural from day one, Ben? Yeah, she has. She's always been a, a lovely filly, um, really nice filly to deal with and, um, yeah, a, a good pacer. She can just brush her knee a bit occasionally, but um, she's been a terrific eater and, uh, you know, a real good workhorse. So uh, she really looks like the type that could go on and do well in some of these bigger races. Okay. The other winner for the stable on, on Friday night was just half an hour prior and that was Rip who was able to take out the gold chalice. 
I'm keen to get the whole story on a rip here. Again, raised by Wayne and Julie Loder. He's by Some Beach Somewhere out of Musical Delight. Now, he was a purchase from the APG Melbourne sale a few years ago. $40,000. Looking back, that, that sounds fairly cheap because she was a wonderful race mare, Musical Delight. What stood out for him on sales day? Um, he was a big, strong type, a, a real Some Beach type, and um, he... Uh, he, he walked really well and looked like he'd be a clean gated horse, um, very well mannered, and, and wasn't, you know, a, a really uh, sturdy type of some beach, which a lot of them are. They, they can get up on their toes. So he looked like he was quite a placid big fella. Uh, so, yeah, we, Wayne decided to to uh, purchase him and, and got him for 40. And and uh, as the story goes, he, he worked broke in and worked up really good and he was probably uh, an early favourite for the gold crown after an earlier victory against the older horses and um, and then unfortunately disaster struck and he, um, he he hurt his leg playing in the paddock with another couple of geldings and um, they're running in and out of a creek and being a big guy I think he just mistimed him he's, he's running through the creek and his back foot must have come through and hit, him, hit his front uh, leg and stripped his tendon um, so that was, you know, was, uh, terrible bad luck for the uh, connections. So he's had a long time off now um, after that period, uh, convalescing up at Wayne and Julie's and uh, <laughs> had an operation on the on the leg. And um, and then he, when he come eventually come back into work, he did a lot of jogging, a lot of miles, a lot of swimming, and not too much hard work. So. Um, it seems to have really recovered well and we haven't had a menace problem uh, with it. That's good to hear. Was it touch and go at any stage when, when that injury, you know, uh, was sustained? Were, were you confident that you could always get him back? Not really, no. They, they can often end up in disasters, those sort of injuries. They, um, he actually severed 80% of uh, superficial tendon. Um, which was a, a fair whack. Um, so, and often these things are—it's all about keeping infection out of the the tendon and uh, tendon sheath. And um, he, you know, through the help of the, the veterinary people up at uh, at David Searles at Orange, um, and then obviously the work at home that Wayne and Julie did with uh, all the antibiotics and all the all the treatments he had. You know, he was. It managed to, you know, heal up really well, and all there is there at the moment now is a bit of a scar and a, and a lump there right on the back of the tendon. But um, we've had no heat and no no sign of soreness right through this whole campaign. So hopefully um, nothing comes, you know, rears its ugly head up there. Did he go above and beyond your expectations, though, on Friday night, winning that final? He's gone 53-1. He threw down a last half of 26-9, 27-9. He won by a widening margin, and he looked really comfortable hitting the line. Um, look, it's always terrific when they're, they're really putting the, the times on the board um, like that, and he won with a lot of authority. Um, we were sort of, you know, always held him in high, high regard that he, he could go on and be a really top horse but you know he's doing it all in one campaign now virtually and um it was one of those things you know he, he d doesn't cease to amaze us what he can just do and how easy he does it so um doug's sort of been driving him in all his races and and trials and he's just sort of been doing everything that's been asked of him um so yeah in one way 
the, the time surprised us, but um, yeah, the fact that he's been able to handle that type of horse didn't really surprise us. Is he Doug's pride and joy? Does he do all the work with Rip at home? Doug's sitting beside me now. We're just heading to Sydney, and uh, <laughs> yeah, there was a nod there. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> and was that Doug's first Group 1 winner there on, on Friday night? It, it was, yeah. That's right, Chris. Yeah. Do you want to talk to Doug? <laughs> I can ask a few questions, that's for sure. Yeah, right. I'll pop him on, Chris. Okay. Hey, Chris. How you going, mate? I'm really well. How are you going? Your maiden Group 1 victory there on Friday night with a very special horse. Oh, definitely. Definitely. He's a special animal. Um it sort of took a couple of days to sink in, but I, I think my phone's just about worn out from watching the replay a couple of times and just to see the way that he moved. And he was actually fully loaded going down the back and I didn't actually feel like he was moving as quick as that 26.9 and he had full hold of him and just as soon as all the horses started being chased and was, I still had a fair bit left and once I let him go, he just, he could have went another half lap. He, He's a very special animal, and I think he's going to have a very bright future. Mm. Doug, it's Steve. Was it always the intention to keep pushing forward and try and find the top? Um, in previous races, he, he stayed on the top against lesser class, and it, it was just what was ever going to present itself on the night. First thing was just get to the running line, and if they were going to keep kicking out underneath him, I wasn't going to burn him early. Um, once I was pretty much everyone snagged back and got in, I was always going to try my luck, and um, lucky enough, we ended up getting to the top without spending too much. And um, once he got there, he always felt like he's always going to take a fair bit to run him down. He uses class, there's no doubt about it, and he's got awesome speed. He's a three-year-old, so we're looking at the Derby Classics coming up later this year, Doug, now, and they're normally over the longer trips. Can, can he stay as well as, you know, carry that high speed that he possesses? Um, he's actually, yeah, the way that we've brought him back up, ever since he's come back in, he's really only ever worked mile and a half trips at home. Um, started as very slow sectionals, but just kept increasing. And with every increase of speed that we put to him, he handled it with no, no worries at all. And he's actually got one of the best heart rates I've seen on a horse like that. After Friday night, I know he's out in the track for a little bit after he's, He's win, but he's come off the track going 53. His heart rate was still around that 86 to 88 mark. So I don't, I don't think that the long distance would bother him at all. Um, like Burns said, he's pretty much trying to take this all in one prep. So um, I think he's the kind of horse that could handle it. No worries. Can I ask this question? And I'll be fascinated to get your response here. Is it possible that he could be even better? coming off speed and following a really genuine tempo, could he be even better coming off a, a really genuine speed? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, just things at home that you sit on him and he, he handles it no worries. He'd definitely be a better horse with the sit. Um, you saw what he'd done from the front the other night, but in his heat was just as impressive. He, he come from one out three back and it's very hard to make ground around that last turn at Bathurst if you're out wide. He ended up three and four wide and got home in 26.5 himself, uh, himself, which is just ridiculous. And to reel in the likes of uh, Robbie Morris's nice horse and a couple other nice horses that he ran past, um, 
that that gave just a special feel about him as what he did from in front the other night. Okay, so looking long term or for the rest of this three-year-old season, is the Queensland Carnival on his radar? Uh, yeah, yeah, we got the APG coming up here. Um, that'll be another big test for him, and um, but then after that we'll be looking to head north and try our luck with. Most, there's a couple of races there. You've got the Queensland Sun, and if he's ready, and hopefully we can get an invite maybe to the Rising Sun would be his main aim. But then we've got the South East and the Queensland Derby, so definitely on his radar. Okay, well, that was the next question. If you were offered an invitation to contest the Rising Sun, would you accept? Um, we'll just have to see how he gets through the APG first. Um, he's a horse that. He's come a long way quick this prep uh, from hitting the track again. It'd completely be up to Byrne and Wayne and Julie. Um, but, yeah, if, he, if he's still hand on and he's still as bright as what he is at the moment, um, I'm pretty sure that they'd love to take the invite. He's um, really, really test himself against mm. the higher-class horses. Doug, just that one defeat was a couple of runs ago at Bathurst. He ran third. Did he just have to spend too much, use too much fuel in that race? Or what were the circumstances there? Yeah, coming out of the gate, I was—I thought I'd pretty much had I am because of you crossed, and it made me work a lot longer than what I really would have liked to. Um, the track of Bathurst at the time was very soft. Um, they weren't running any times there at all, and once he had to do that early burn and then was stuck down on the inside of that track, he, it sort of just got to him, but this is a horse that hadn't had to do any of that speed work. He'd sort of got it all his own way in previous races, and it sort of opened him up a little bit. He's, I think ever since that run, it's brought him on even better. He's learned how to race, learned how to hand, handle the high speeds. And uh, as you saw the other night, he, the track was 10 times better and he, he ate it up, no worries. I love the name as well, being by some beat somewhere. Rip, I'd like, I hate to get caught in one like this. <laughs> yeah, we always have these big naming nights for Wayne and Julie's horses. And they've got a fair few, so... Every time we sit around, we, we brainstorm and come up with a few, and we were looking for just a single name uh, for him, and Rip come out, and we're happy that it's stuck. Well, it's a, yeah, it's a good name for a good horse, and that's exactly what he is. So uh, fingers crossed uh, he can get through that APG series safely, and we can see him here during our uh, Tab Constellations in July. Doug, Byrne, congratulations. Huge night there on Friday night. You've now got the complete... Uh, you know, jewellery set uh, with all of those features, the crown, the tiara, the chalice and the bracelet. So job well done and uh, safe travels. I know you're heading to a wedding uh, of your, your well, relative in, in Dennis Picker. Uh, enjoy that and uh, we'll see you up here sooner rather than later. Thanks, Thanks Chris. Thanks, Chris. There he is. And Doug Hewitt, Steve, so... Mm. Big night for the family. Big Certainly. night. Chris, just with the leap to fame, of course, he's heading towards the APG in Brisbane in April, so he wouldn't be far off trialling, I would have thought. Uh, is his name in the trials anywhere over the coming weeks? Leap to fame, but he's getting close, isn't he? Yeah, exactly right. Uh, he, he may be down tomorrow. I'd probably doubt it to be at those workouts tomorrow, but now that Albion Park's back in action, I think you'll probably see him back at the races, if not a trial, and uh, that'll top him off for that upcoming uh, APG series. Mm, what date is that, Chris? Off the top of your head, do you know what the dates a, are? Of course, it'll be the 9th the or the 16th. 18th of April springs to mind or something like that. Yeah, around that. Yeah, yeah that'll be about right. Okay, no worries. Well, our next guest is with us, Rosario.
Rosario Laspina, a big night for Queensland and Bathurst. They're on Friday night. Uh, Delhi taking out the Group 1 gold crown. And now they've got the set as well because they've been able to take out a tiara. They did that back in 2007 with Armida. And Tardelli takes the crown there on Friday night. Rosario and Alf Laspina, they own and breed this guy, Tardelli. Ricky Alchin, he joined us last week. He was, you know, really confident that he'd go a big race, and that he did. Rosario's online now. Rosario, appreciate the time. Again, congratulations. Yeah, thanks very much, Chris. It was a real thrill. Better than winning the tiara or about the same? Um, it was... Yeah... Winning the tiara was just unbelievable. I was there that night, and um, I think I turned white because we really wanted to win it, and she was favourite. Um, but this time I wasn't there, so uh, yeah, I still was just over the moon, and I was just so happy for Dad, and because uh, they're races that you try and win, you know. Yeah. Now, as we know, you're a world class tenant. Were you performing in Adelaide on Friday night? Yeah, I was actually doing La Boheme on the beach, which was a new thing they did, and there was about seven or 8,000 people, and they got lucky with the weather, unlike us up here. Um, they had this beautiful, you know, setting, and uh, and I had a, the last rehearsal on the Friday night, and so I didn't see the result or, you know, hear it until about 40 minutes after. So I quickly ran out of my dressing room with my phone, and people were saying, oh, what are you doing? I said, yeah, don't, don't disturb me. So I've gone away, and I'm on the beach and then when he's turned for home, I'm there just jumping up and down and screaming and people just thought I was insane. But, uh, yeah, it was um, one hell of a thrill. And um, I, yeah. I'm tipping you would have sung with a bit of gusto after that. That was just the, uh, you know, the, the, the perfect pep-up. Oh, Saturday night's performance was, uh, was yeah, it was big, let me tell you. Absolutely. Now, was Alf there on Friday night? Yeah, he was. He was there with his partner, Rena, and... Um, was up actually. Rena pulled out the barrier draw, so we have to thank her a lot. And uh, yeah, they had a they had a great night. Um, uh, yeah, he still he's watched the replay. You know, I was listening to Bernie before and uh, Doug, and they we're about the same. We've watched the replay 150 times and uh, still can't get over it. You know, they're races that are so hard to win, and um, you know, you race so many nice horses uh, against so many nice horses that you just feel really blessed when you get to win something like that. All the rage going into this final was the Victorian, Petrarca. What yep. were your sort of thoughts going into that race? Did you think he was beatable because of the barrier draw? You could, could, could you just beat him because you thought you had the better horse? How were you sort of playing it? Well, it was one of the things. When he got beaten in the sapling, which was you know, probably more the horse's inexperience than anything else, it sort of put a little bit of a chink you know, in, his, in his armour, in my thoughts. And then when we got the draw... I sort of didn't know where we'd be because I knew the number two better be the best or Nathan Turnbull's horse was very, very fast. So I didn't really know where we'd be, but I knew one thing is that we'd be quite a fair bit in front of, um, of uh, Petrarca. So, you know, if he raced genuinely, then I thought he's going to make, he's going to make all of them work because he can sustain high speed and he can sustain, you know, sitting on the back of other horses, no matter what they, they run, he's happy to do it. Um, and, uh, so I knew we'd be a long way in front. Just depends. All the talk was that Petrarca was just unbeatable. So it didn't matter where he sat. So you sort of gets in your head and you think, oh well, you know, second's always good, um, or third, you know. Um, but as it turned out, Ricky I just thought drove the perfect race. He just kept him rolling fast enough to make it hard for anything else to come from behind. And uh, thankfully, you know, Ricky's a, a far better trainer and driver than he is a flathead fisherman. Let me tell you. 
<laughs> I'm glad you raised the, the, the tactics of Ricky Algin because I think in many ways they're uh, unsung. Uh, he, he drove the perfect race, like you said. He went fast enough in that first quarter just to sort of stretch them out a little bit, but then he maintained a, a pace where it was always going to be difficult for Petrarca to get into the race. So yeah. it was just pinpoint accurate, his tactics. Yeah, I think the first half was something like 57.9. So he ran the second quarter in about 30, which... You know, even 30, it's still hard. These are, these are two-year-olds having, you know, only a couple of starts. So it's, you know, they're going to have to work very hard in that sort of quarter. And then he's gone 28 and a half, I think, down the back, which, again, makes it not easy. And um, 28 and a half home. And he, on the line, I actually think he was just sort of cruising away. You know, he was, he actually got the plugs, the, the ear plugs out a lot earlier. So he wouldn't duck in like he did in the sapling, which cost him big time. Um, so he just raced a lot, you know, a lot more true which was a great, great move, genius move. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Now, is he headed to Queensland? Because he's a graduate of the Rickliffe sale. Yes, yes, he is. um, He's in Redcliffe. Um, Then there's no Breeders' Challenge in Sydney for him because I don't know what happened. Either a payment was missed or something, but um, he won't be in that. But the the flip side of that is he can have a good break after, after the Redcliffe series and um, get ready for the Vic Bread later in the year, which is quite late. So he can actually, strangely enough, in a in two-year-old, he can have a nice break, which will be good. Yeah. That'll work out really well, hopefully. Yeah, because if it, all being well, um, you know, touch wood, he, he does well in Victoria, and then he can roll on because the derbies come up quite quick after that. And I think the distance racing will suit him because he's one of the coolest customers you've ever seen. He's a lovely, okay. lovely horse. Now... I've got to ask, Ricky outlined last week that there was Tardelli and there's Il Bandito, who's also a two-year-old. Um, yeah. He's one for one. Yep. Who, who is, who's the superior horse? Well, it's funny. Working up, Ricky was, you know, in the Il Bandito camp. Um, beautiful, big uh, art major horse, you know, and um, he, won well at, he won well at Newcastle, even though Ricky wasn't, you know, 100% happy with him. That's why we've turned him out, because we've got a pretty big opinion of him. Um, but this fella here, he's just improved that little bit, that little bit, and uh, yeah, and just seems to put his best foot forward at the races. And um, he's, he's sort of no fuss, if you know what I mean. You know, he just seems to do it. But the other horse, he's a nice one to you know to have coming back, um, having a nice break now. We've gelled at him and uh, giving him a break now because he was just getting a bit sore in the muscles and his bones, you know, just growing pains. So we think pretty highly of him. So that's why we turned him out. Okay, well, it's a nice one-two punch moving forward. There's no doubt about it. Now, with Tardelli, the half-sister, she went under the hammer there on Sunday, but you retained her? Yeah, that was <laughs> that was a bit funny. I was more than happy to let her go at, at 60. Um, and I don't know, there were a few people that could see the glances I was giving my dad that was sitting beside me. But um, I think he had 70 as his number and I had 60 as mine. So um, I was very, you know, I was pretty surprised that, uh, that yeah, because that's... You know that's very good money, and uh, and um, she's a nice filly, um, a lot d- different to Tardelli. You know that typical rock and roll heaven, quite plain, but you know she's all there. But yeah, anyway, we've got her now, and we hopefully she can um, can match up. You know she's a very valuable brood there one day, so yeah, uh, that's interesting. Well, there's a lot to look forward to. The naming of Tardelli, what does that mean? Well, in 1982 World Cup, the guy that scored the second goal for Italy was Marco Tardelli. And he was just a fierce competitor, great midfielder. And I, you know, I always sort of, you know, watched him play. I was only 12 years old at the time. And, um, 
when this guy came along was showing you a bit of promise, I thought, you know, let's name him after a champion and, um, and, finger, and you know, keep the fingers crossed. So that's how it came about. Okay, well, it fits now because uh, he kicked a major goal himself there on Friday night, landing that Group 1 feature. Yeah, yeah, no, it was awesome. And he ran good time and he ran it all himself. And, um, he, you know, he still had a little bit a little bit left. He was running, you know, strong. And, and what was pleasing, he ran through the line because that's been his little, his little thing, you know, in his couple of starts. Yeah. Well, it was great to see. And it was great to see for the family as well because you guys are sort of just, you know, just go through the business year after year, breeding, putting up big numbers with uh, the money and uh, breeding to the best that you possibly can. And, and this family just keeps on giving for you guys. Just looking at it now, Tardelli's a grandson of Armida, who won yeah. your uh, tiara back in 2007. So it's a wonderful family. Yeah, it just seems to, you know, just when we think it might be waning a little bit, you know, bang, up comes um, another one that's uh, nice. And, 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 you know, Margaret, I have to make mention of Margaret Donahue out there at the, the farm. Well, he was born at uh, Ben Stud, you know, a big shout out to Craig Judd as well. He's done a great job as a baby. But we brought him and the mare up uh, when they were, when he was very young. And Margaret does a super job um, out there. And we've got a nice Captain Treacherous Weanling um, coming up, coming through for, for next year. So it's an exciting family. And, um, you know, that's just what we try and do, just try and improve the breeding as we go along. And fingers crossed. Okay. Are you going to carry on this tradition in time to come? I'd like to. I'd like to. Maybe not at the scale it is now, um, but I'd love to breed from, you know, three to four mares every year and, you know, retain a couple, sell a couple. That would be sort of what I would love, like to do um, and, uh, and, see, and see what happens. Yeah. All right. Well, again, congratulations. Group 1 victor there on Friday night, taking the gold crown. We're looking to, uh, looking forward to seeing this guy at Reckler for that Group 1 $100,000 race series coming up over the next couple of months. I think it's in uh, June, that series. So we look forward to seeing him then. But, uh, again, uh, congratulations to you and everyone involved with him on, on Friday night. Wonderful scenes. Yeah, thanks very much, Chris. And also a big shout-out to um, uh, uh, Ricky Hunt, that um uh, Ricky's foreman in Sydney and the whole team because they've done an absolutely incredible job, not just with him, but with every horse down there. Yeah, well said. I uh, will catch up soon. Thanks very much, Chris. Appreciate it.